Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, we've got a lot to catch up on, but before we get to that, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. This show is sponsored in part by Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping self-sufficient sailors with tools, supplies, and knowledge they need to sew for their boats. This second-generation family business is also the maker of the Sailrite UltraFeed sewing machine. The UltraFeed is a portable, heavy-duty sewing machine that was designed to handle all your maritime sewing projects from sails to covers. At Sailrite, you'll find everything you need to take on your next do-it-yourself project, including fabric, tools, hardware, and even hundreds of free how-to video tutorials. Start your next project at Sailrite.com. That's S-A-I-L-R-I-T-E dot com. Get ready for today's mailbag. I like getting emails from my friends out there. So if you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or questions, write me franz1 at medsailor.com or use the contact form at the website. Now for today's emails. Well, I got an email from Susan in Georgia. Susan and I went back and forth on several emails. Let me read one of them. She said, I purchased all three of your audio lessons for the ASA 101, and I think she meant all three at the ASA 101, the 103, and the 104. And then she goes on to say, I did not realize that I could come here, in other words, my website, and get five free. I also just purchased coastal cruising for the ASA 103. I'm heading to St. Petersburg on March 2nd to take both courses with Florida Sailing. Can you recommend some free practice tests online? I've learned so much from your audio lessons. You have a great way of teaching. I'm time-challenged due to work, and it's fantastic to be able to listen. Thank you for sharing all your experiences. You're a great teacher, Suzanne. Well, that's the first email. And then she goes on and asks me, of course, she asked me if I knew of any online quizzes. And I did not have any, and I think she found some on her own, and I think she sent me a link, but I can't find that in my emails. But she did ask me in another email if she could take her PFD, or personal flotation device, with her on the airline, with her on the flight. And I wrote back, and I said, I don't think so. The last time I tried to take a CO2 cartridge on my flight uh, overseas... The airline specifically told me that I could not bring a a CO2 cartridge with me because I needed to replace some CO2 cartridges in my uh, my PFD on my boat. And they said, no, you can't carry them. So I assumed that that was still the case. But it turns out, uh, and I'll read her email to you in a second, that you can now. In other words, she said, Uh, She wrote back and she said, It was a great week in Florida with Florida Sailing. I took the ASA 101 and 103, passed both with flying colors. 
100% on the 101, 98% on the 103. Thank you for preparing me well for both of these exams with your audio course. In addition, I checked my PFD, flu delta, and had no problems. So apparently, yes, you can take your PFD on flights now, which is great news. I know I've I know I tried to take mine on a few years ago, and I could not. So it's good that the airlines have changed their policies on that, at least domestically. I'm not sure if that's still the case for international flights or not, but it's worth a try. But yes, if you want to try out my ASA 101, I have a sign-up form at the website, medsailor.com. Sign up with your email, and I'll send you five lessons. And this is my teaser you listen to the lessons. If you like my teaching style, you might buy the full set of lessons. So that's why I do that. And I've put these same lessons out in this podcast. So you can go back far enough, and maybe they're not on anymore because I've done so many episodes. But at least at the website, you can go back and find those if you go back far enough through the blog feed. So yes, you can get five free lessons. And if you like the five free lessons, you might consider by buying the full series of lessons that's the reason i do it if you like the teaching style and it works for you yeah try it before you buy it that's what i say so anyway she um she wrote back and said i'm not sure if i mentioned it but i'm the proud owner of 123.5 cannot wait to sail her around the lake i think she lives in georgia so thanks for riding susan i'm glad you passed the asa 101 and 103 now you just have to pass the 104 so you can go charter a a boat by yourself. Got an email from Andrew McPherson. He says, Hi, Franz. I enjoy your podcast. My question is, <laughs> how would you sail the Mediterranean without an engine? In this age of technology, the art of sailing engineless is disappearing from cruising. What areas offer easy approaches to a harbor? What time of day is it best to approach? Are there certain government restrictions to sailing into a harbor? Cheers, Andrew. Well, one of the books I read long before I actually owned my own boat was Seraphin uh, by Lara and Lynn Party, Cruising the Mediterranean. You might want to read that book because they, they sailed through the Mediterranean without an engine. And they were an inspiration to me for sailing. I don't think I would want to sail the Mediterranean without an engine. <laughs> the Mediterranean has two types of winds, too much or too little. There are restrictions on a lot of harbors that say right outside that you cannot sail into the harbor. What time of day? Well, if it's a normal day and you're on the west coast of Greece or in a lot of uh, the Mediterranean, it's going to be calm in the morning and windy in the afternoon. If you're coming into port, uh, there's so many variables in your question. I mean, it really depends on the port. There's you know thousands of different ports you can go into in the Mediterranean, lots of different anchorages. Each one would be unique. I rely heavily on my engine, but I do practice the art of sailing. Uh, I often will always, well, I shouldn't say oh, always, but I often will just practice sailing off my anchor. Uh, I will have the sails ready. I turn the engine on just for an uh, insurance policy, and I practice sailing out of the anchorage, even crowded anchorages, 
because with my engine on, if I start drifting into another boat, I can start the engine and, and uh, clear out of the situation. It is very crowded in the Mediterranean. You know, more power to you if you decide to go that route. I don't have enough time, and quite often it takes forever to go any distance. Tell you a quick story. Let me find the. Uh, let me turn on Google Earth so I can give you some more details. Just a second. All right, and I've told this story before in previous podcasts, so I'm repeating myself here. My wife joined me. I can't remember exactly where. Oh, in Pula, in northern Croatia, and we sailed down from Pula in a, a pretty strong wind, and it was getting late in the day, and we went into. Um, the i the island of of unji u n i j e and i had been smelling diesel in my engine compartment for quite a while and and uh there was oil in my bilge and i couldn't figure out where the diesel was coming from i could not find my leak so we pulled into this bay on uh on this island and I can't. It, it. I think it's called Unji, U-N-I-J-E. And on this little island, it's pretty much a deserted island. Uh, I guess there's a little town on the west side, but where I was at was on the on a bay, on the uh, north. Well, it was on the the north. Well, it's it's around the corner of the north side. Uh, it's actually on the east side the northeast side of the island, went into that. We were the only ones going in there that night. We dropped anchor, turned off the engine, and I started trying to find where this diesel was coming from. I I felt around the engine when it had cooled down enough, and I found uh, a crack in my fuel line that goes up to my fuel pump. And as I was feeling it, it broke. And so now we were engineless. I got on the phone and called my insurance company, Pantaneous, and told him the situation. I said, well, you know, I'm not in danger. The boat's fine. We're at anchor. Uh, but in a bad conditions, things could deteriorate. And we didn't have really good holding. It was a rocky bottom with not a lot of good holding. But I had a line ashore and a, uh, and, and a good amount of scope out. And we were fine. And they said, well, let's see if we can find a tow for you. They called me back and said, well, we can't really get you a tow without, well, thousands of dollars. They said, can you try to sail over to uh, Molly Lozenge? And it was about 15 miles away. And I said, sure, it's a sailboat. I can give it a shot, of course. So my concern was once I got into Molly Lozenge, I would want somebody there to help me get into a slip because it's very congested over there. And let me get a measurement here for you. It's only about 13.7 statute miles or 11.9 nautical miles. But we started out in the morning. There was virtually no wind. Fortunately, I have a drifter on my boat. And I put up the drifter and you know, it was still collapsing. Eventually, slowly throughout the day, it was finally building ever so slowly. And then, like happens in the Adriatic, as the day went on, the wind came up, and then suddenly I dropped the drifter, put up my lapper, start sailing with my lapper, 
go over. Fortunately for me, it was mostly a downwind run. And we sailed into uh, the big channel that goes into Molly Losange. And we had a big screaming sail down the channel. And we rounded up and uh, in front of a, a fuel dock. And the people from the insurance company were meeting me there with a boat to help me get into the slip. That was the one time when I've been sailing the Mediterranean when I had to rely entirely on sails. It took literally all day long to go that 13 miles. And uh, my boat's a fairly fast boat. It was downwind. It was, there was just no wind most of the day, except for the last part of the day. So I, you know, more power to you if you decide to go without an engine, but you're going to be restricted in a lot of harbors. And the smaller the boat you have, the more maneuverable it's going to be in this situation. So let me know what you decide to do. If you uh, do go engineless, you're going to have some great stories to tell, and I'd like to be talking to you and interviewing you along the way. All right, then I got an email from Anthony Walsh. It says, G'day, Franz. I think that tells me he's from Australia. Anyway, he says, I've been enjoying your podcast. I listen while at work and look forward to the next one. Very helpful. I've fallen into the depths of sailing over the last 20 years. Actually, the swallows because I haven't had much experience. Don't quite understand that. Anyway, I've owned a sweet little 24-footer and then moved into powerboating for some time, but always chewing over the sailing side of life. My wife and a couple of good friends have booked a charter for Greece in September 2018. Myself and Roger have just finished the RYA Theory course, and just about to do the practical on the Wood Sundays next month. In the Wood Sundays next month. So yeah, you're in Australia, in northern Australia. Well, the Wood, Nut, Wood Sundays are, I think, in northern Australia. My daughter and her husband chartered a boat there one time, quite a few years ago. Anyway, it goes on to say, we are chartering in the Sparates area. As yet, I haven't heard much about this area. So if you get a chance, I would be very grateful to learn more. Even if you'd like to follow our progress in this new adventure, I'd be happy to talk to you. Our dates of the charter in 2000, our dates of charter is the 8th of September to the 22nd of September. We pick up a brand new 42 Odyssey from Volos. In the meantime, I continue to listen to your shows. Thank you. Kind regards, Tony Walsh. Tony, yeah, I, I spent one summer sailing in the Sparates. I talk about it a lot. It was about three, maybe four years ago. You'd have to go back into the podcast and find those. But, yeah, I made a specific effort to go into the Sparates, and I enjoyed it. You don't have as much chartering in there as a lot of places, but uh, but there's still plenty of, of boats in that area. I'm just uh, going to type in Volos Greece so I can get an orientation of where you're going to be going. Ah, okay. I never got to Volos. I stayed, the closest I got to Volos was out on Scathios. I know Jack Andrews has some stories to tell, and he's got to catch up with me on his sailing through that area last summer. And so he can give us some more information. But I sailed Scathios, Scopilios, a couple of little, little islands. Alonsos kept going back and forth to uh, Skyros. 
so I sailed up there from Kushadasi, Turkey, sailed around there this summer, and then ended up going back to Kushadasi, Turkey. Uh, you'll enjoy it. The weather when I was there was quite variable. Some areas were very windy. When we got around to Skopolios, which is where they filmed Mamma Mia, and they won't ever let you forget about it if you do go there, it was very windy going through the channel and getting over to that uh, little bay. I enjoyed it. I'd go back again. You'll have a great time. Uh, you do tend to sail f- longer distances between some of the islands. At least you would between uh, Skopolios and Skyros. Or you may not even get out to Skyros. That's quite a ways off the beaten path. You may stay in the uh, in the little chain of islands not too far away from uh, Volos. But like I said, I never got over to Volos. Had no reason to. Looked to me like just a big city, but uh, let me know what you think about it when you get back. Uh, go back into some of my back podcasts, and I did do several episodes of me sailing uh, in that area. One more controversial email. <laughs> it's from Edward. He says, greetings from Perth goes on to say, I've been a long-term listener and always meant to send you a message. I live in Perth, Australia, and have listened to nearly all of your podcasts. I'm not a sailor, but I've always dreamt of being a sailor. When I was a kid, I went on a yacht in Pittwater, Sydney, a few times, and at school camp, a few times in lasers. You have a really good podcast, and you are very good at podcasting. I think as funny as it sounds, your voice has a good timbre and your meter is nice and slow and spot on and this alone makes you a great listen to. I live in Perth, Australia, but grew up inland in country North NSW. I think that's uh, North South Wales. When I was younger in my 20s, I spent four years living in Europe and two of those in Bilbao, northern Spain, where I learned the language. I've got a bit of a vagabond spirit whilst I have settled down now with a wife and young daughter. I like your practical hands-on nature, and I try to fix things myself, like you, whilst I'm probably more academic than hands-on. You have a great many good stories on your show and good guests, and I think you are a pretty good interviewer. And there is a real skill to that, and you are quite skilled. Well, I'll tell you, my skill is to shut up and let my people talk. Not inter- not interrupt him. And I love it when somebody can tell a good story and I can just listen and not bother talking to them. Anyway, I go let me let me continue on. Also, while you never say it explicitly, I can tell you are pretty libertarian minded and believe in free markets and giving people the opportunity to try things and fail and follow their own path. Yeah, you've got me nailed there. I am pretty much a a libertarian. In other words, leave me alone and I will leave you alone. Don't tell me what to do and I will not tell you what to do. I reckon you could do a few political podcasts or commentary podcasts as I really enjoyed your earlier podcasts where you talked about building your own house and the bureaucracy. I'd love to even hear your opinion on Trump. I quite like Trump and I think you have to at least recognize his competency. In regards to sailing, I don't really have time to learn due to family at the moment. However, I'm reading a lot of in the background and trying to learn the lingo. 
I work in procurement for a mining contractor, and I'd love to hear you talk about business and negotiation. Anyway, all the best for future podcasts and keep up the good work. You know, <laughs> like I say, bit controversial. I used to make political comments uh, early on, and I would get pretty worked up be- before I would even start talking. And I decided that I would piss off about half the people and uh, please about half the people. My bottom line philosophically is leave me alone. Don't ask me for anything. I won't ask you for anything. Make your own way. You have as many opportunities as I do. Maybe not quite. Everybody has different opportunities. Make the best of the opportunities you have. And um, don't ask for handouts. And uh, leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. You pursue your happiness. I'll pursue mine. I don't care what... uh, orientation you are it makes no difference to me as long as you're not infringing on my rights i really don't care i'm a proud gun owner of multiple guns and i think this whole nonsense over taking away high capacity magazines oh and you're in australia where you don't have any gun rights at all because your legislature likes to uh legislate by anomaly i guess you had a, a mass killing at one point in time and you took away the rights of every other legal gun owner out there so i'm not going to go down the path i'm going to piss off too many people if i start talking about my own personal opinion and this is a sailing podcast this is about having a good time going sailing i do like to work with my hands i get a real sense of satisfaction out of creating something and uh, i'll leave it at that but thanks for your comments And Ed, if you ever have any other thoughts, feel free to write. Last email was was really a request for an interview with a company, Nick Plachuk. He said, we're a U.S. distributor for an Italian manufacturer of sailboat hardware called Vadana. Vadana has been in business since 1961. It's the number one outfitter in Europe and it's compatible in specs to some of the top-selling brands in the U.S. Anyway, he wanted to come on to the podcast and and talk about his company, and they also do some salvaging of boats, uh, and so he has used parts for various boats. I went onto his website, took a look at it, sent him three emails saying, call me, gave him my cell phone number, and haven't heard from him. So we'll see if he actually listens to the podcast. So the ball's in your court, Nick. Up to you. That's it for today's emails. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or comments or questions, write me franz1 at medsailor.com or use the contact form at the website. If you want to do me a big favor, you could become a Patreon of the podcast. I have a few listeners out there that are already patrons. And I'm looking for more. If you have some spare change that you could throw my way once in a while, please sign up at patreon.com backslash medsailor. And one more thing, if you like the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast directory. All right, let's get on to today's episode. (music) 
I'm back with Howard okay. Clayman. Howard, last time we talked, we talked about sailing down the coast of Israel from north to south. You gave us a pretty good description of all the ports that you could visit as a visiting sailor. So let's talk about how you sail from Israel back up to Turkey, and I know you've gone over to Greece. And let's talk a little bit about Cyprus, because that's another area that I've never been, probably will never get to, and I'm sure you've been there numerous times. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. Thank, thanks, Franz. Okay. Um, Cyprus is sort of uh, the backyard of Israel because, you know, our, we, don't do, we can't do an awful lot of cruising up and down our coast there because of the nature of the, uh, of the coastline and uh, lack of uh, you know, nice little anchorages here on our coast. We tend to, uh, to you know, do a, a hop over to Cyprus whenever we want to get, you know, get a little bit refreshed and see a little bit of new, uh, get some, you know, see something new and as far and get a, a nice cruise in a nice uh, close by cruise during, during the course. And we pretty much sail over there all during the year. Um, the, uh, from, from our area, which down in uh, Tel Aviv and Herzliya area, it's a, it's a overnight uh, hop over to, uh, to Cyprus. Actually, most of us go over to uh, Larnaca. Larnaca is probably the most popular port for the Israelis. It's about a uh, 24, 25 hour uh, uh, sail. So you leave, you know, on a on a morning there. You'll get there uh, the, the next morning. It was just an which is an overnight out at sea. The, uh, the the weather tends to be uh, on that passage. It's a during the summertime, the, the, the wind is uh, prevailing out of the uh, north, so you're uh, pretty much pounding in, not not pounding, but you're you're heading uh, heading into the wind, heading up to uh, into Cyprus. If the wind, you know, if the wind will, you know, pull off a little bit to uh, to the to the to the east or to the west, then you'll be able to uh, to sail there. But the winds tend to be tend to be uh, uh, moderate, so you might get a little bit of sail in during uh, you know during the daytime, but at night the wind tends to die. So uh, you do a, a lot of times, which you know, unfortunately, it, it becomes a, a motor sail over to over to Cyprus. That being said, you know, if uh, during the uh, the uh, um, transitional periods during uh, fall, fall and spring, we get some really nice brisk winds and. Uh, you know, sometimes some small storms that uh, so you'll have a much much more fun uh, passage over there. Now, as far as uh, you know, as I said, we go into Larnaca. Larnaca is a, is a one of the. It's a marina. It's a, a quite a nice marina there. With I think it has a room for about 300 boats. There's all the. There's always uh, room there for uh, for guest boats. And a nice thing about Larnaca is that the town, the marina is built there right next to the town. So you can, you know, hop off your boat there. It's a really nice little town there at Larnaca and uh, with shopping and restaurants and uh, beautiful beaches there right by the marina. And from Larnaca, you can use it as a, a hop off point to, to go sightseeing up into uh, all over the island, actually. But uh, you can go up to Nicosia, which is the capital of, uh, of Cyprus, which is really interesting. Uh, it's about a about a 45-minute ride from uh, Larnaca. The, the bus actually stops right there in the front of uh, Larnaca Marina, which I've done many times, and it take a, you can take the bus right up to, uh, up to uh, Nicosia, or you can go over to Limassol or other places within Cyprus. So I highly recommend Larnaca. It's really a, a, neat, a neat place to stop. 
So that's your main place you like to go to and then go go do some inland travel from Larnaca. Right, right. As you can see uh, from uh, Larnaca, if you go west from Larnaca, you can see the uh, it's quite a, uh, uh, you know, curvy coast. Center, so it has a lot of different exposures to to the sea and also to uh, to the rest of the rest of the island there. Up in, there's a big green area. here. These are the Trudos Mountains, which are mountains about 3000 feet uh, elevation and uh it's uh, during the hot summertime, you go up to there and it, you know, it can cool off a lot and, uh, and go hiking with hiking in the pine forest there. So that, that's a lot of fun. Uh, that's something we like to do a lot whenever we have, have the chance. Now, if you, if you go down the coast here, now, uh, now Cyprus, uh, sort of like Israel, has very, almost no sheltered bays there. It's all beach exposure, so you're going to be you're going to be pretty much. There's a few small areas there, but uh, you're pretty much going to have to pull into marina for uh, for most of your uh, most of your docking and anchoring. If you go down to the uh, to the west here, you'll see Limassol. You see Limassol mm -hmm. on the yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Limassol is a uh, one of one of the. It's a big uh, commercial port. Uh, they also. Uh, it's a really nice city around around Limassol. It has in the about three years ago they opened a brand new marina there <coughs> called uh, Limassol Marina, and it was built by uh, one of one of these companies that has built uh, a lot of uh, commercial marinas in uh, Turkey and in Europe, <coughs> quite luxurious. With uh, they built like a theme a theme park sort of, and all around the marina there's uh, beautiful apartments and. Uh, uh, nice restaurants, and uh, there's an old town adjacent to the marina. There's a highly recommended. It's it's really a beautiful marina, and uh, it, it, there's a lot to do there. The only downside is 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 the, the price. It's quite expensive. They they get like about a hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty dollars or euros a night for docking at at Limassol Marina. Whereas when we go to Larnaca Marina, we're lucky if we pay fifty sixty euros a night. So. Uh, not lucky, but that you know, it's quite a bit of difference in in price. But we 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 like to go down to Limassol, but we're not going to spend you know an awful lot of time there. But uh, it's a it also from Israel to get over to Limassol, you're you're talking about a uh, because of the angle there, you're uh, it's a little bit farther away. You're looking at about a 28, 29 hour sail as opposed to the twenty four hour sail over to Larnaca. Also, uh, from Limassol, you can't. It's going to be really hard to see. But about ten miles west of uh, or east of Limassol, there's another marina called Saint Raphael, which is. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can see it. It's on here. It's it's a it's a small marina uh, next to uh, uh, a suburb of Limassol. It's a it's a it's a nice little marina. It's about a 150 boat marina. And uh, but uh, there's nothing to do there. I mean, we we went there uh, last year. Uh, we were coming we were coming back from uh, from Greece, and we pulled in there because uh, we want <coughs> we didn't feel like spending the the two hundred dollars a night that they wanted at the Limassol Marina. So we stayed at Saint Raphael. You can you can check that out in the pilot book. It's an easy marina to get in and out of. But there's not nothing there. It's sort of a from uh, from there, it's you know your next stop would be over to to Larnaca. Uh, yeah, there's the, there's the marina, the San Rafael Marina. It's off right off of the. Uh, it's called Melindi Beach Bar and Restaurant there, and there's there's a small marina there, San Rafael Marina. 
anyway, so I, that, that's also that's also of interest. Oh yeah, now I found it. Yeah, now from it's just a little town around there that not not really much of anything there, is there? Exactly, not much. It's it's a it's a suburb, and there's a lot of apartments uh, in the area. Now uh, there isn't much of other significant. They're building a marina over in uh, Ayanapa, which is way way over to the uh, to the east there. There's another small marina around the other side of Limassol, which I've never stayed at. Uh, had friends that, that have stayed over there. Uh, as you go, as you continue uh, west uh, past Limassol, there's the, it uh, becomes a, if you can see that long uh, peninsula there called uh, Akrotiri. Mm-hmm. And there's a, looks like an airstrip there, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a British, uh, it's a British Air Force base over there. Okay. okay. Now around the other side over there, on the other side of Akrotiri there, uh, there's a, uh, a pa- by Paphos. There's a marina there in Paphos. Paphos is a big touristy, uh, big tourist area with lots of hotels there. There's a small marina in in, in Paphos, which uh, you can also stay at. I've never stayed there before, but uh, you know it's, it's way way over there. Okay, all right. Okay. Now another another you know this is. You know, as far as uh, history and everything with Cyprus, I don't know how many of the, the listeners know. You know, Cyprus, you might have heard Cyprus is div- is a divided, <coughs> divided island. There, there's the North Cyprus, to the north, which is uh, which was uh, uh, to be diplomatic, taken over by the uh, the Turks <coughs> about uh, 30 years ago, or 40 years ago, and there's there's an actual wall across. And uh, and a frontier dividing North and, and South Cyprus. Now, si- South Cyprus is you know most of the which is larger is all is is uh, Greek of uh, Greek heritage, and it's a, it's a republic. The Cy- Republic of Cyprus is its own uh, country, and it's part of the East- the European Union. Whereas North Cyprus is uh, they 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 consider themselves a country called uh, you know something the Republic of North Cyprus or whatever. And it's uh, all Tur- it's all Turkish. You know, the, you, the readers, you know, the listeners might want to go back and look at the history of it. It's very, very interesting. But uh, we went over to uh, uh, your. It's very di- you, once you once you land in Cyprus in in the southern part of Cyprus there, and you've checked in, you you can go over to Turk. You can go over to the Turkish side there. And and tour, but you can't go back into uh, into the Greek side hmm. or so vice uh, versa. One way or the other, then, huh? Yeah, okay. vice versa too. If you pull into into North Cyprus for some reason, you can't. They won't let you go into uh, into uh, the Greek Greek part of Cyprus. So that being said, it, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, I've been going to Cyprus for years. I'd never been in North Cyprus, and we went there back in last last June. We uh, I went with some friends on our boat, and uh, we stayed at. Uh, we, we actually we stayed in Larnaca, and we took a. Uh, we rented a car and went over to the border there by at Famagusta, and from Famagusta we toured all over the the north part of Cyprus. There we saw some interesting. I mean, it, it, it's fascinating there, and you know, just another culture. <laughs> but we saw something interesting, a few interesting things as far as looked at it as far as from a sailor's viewpoint. There's a there's a beautiful marina there at uh, called Carpaz Gate. Which you can see up in the far right part of that peninsula there. It says De Carpaz. So way up on the upper north uh, east corner of that peninsula. It, yep. Okay. Yeah, there's a uh, marina there which they built. It's built about two years ago, 
and it actually won an award as one of the nicest uh, new marinas in the uh, in the Mediterranean. It's brand new and it's beautifully done. It's har- there's hardly any boats in there, and the prices are very good. But it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's easy marina to get in and out of. Uh, the facilities are fantastic, but there's nothing else around that you'd have to rent a car to go anywhere. But uh, that would be something to make a note of. They called the uh, Carpaz Gate Marina. It was built by a uh, an English company. There, actually, there's the the marina is uh, it, it's actually uh, Carpaz Anayolu. It says there. It's, if you go from the uh, I see a road called that. Peninsula. Yeah, I, I see a road called that, and I see yeah. a and beach resort. But I'm still trying to find the marina. I'm just working my way down. So. Uh, Anyway, keep talking while I zoom around. Okay, here. so there's that there's that marina there called Carpaz Gate, as I said, built by the English. Okay, from there, the coastline is beautiful here. It's to the north, it's the northern part of the coast here, so it's a lot greener. It gets a lot more rainfall. The uh, tends, the winds tend to be very very good because they're not the, the prevailing wind is from the northwest, so it's not sh- over on the south part of the island there. You know, Larnaca and and uh, Limassol tends to be quite mild. But up here, you get some really beautiful winds. Now, this would be a jumping-off point to go up to uh, to Rodos or Castella Rizon, or or just hopping over to Turkey from uh, from there. It's an it's quite a uh, uh, easy jump over to Turkey from the northern part of Cyprus. The only other place the other place you might want to the main the uh, the main part of the main the capital of uh, North Cyprus is is sort is the uh, the Turkish side of uh, Nicosia, which is uh, has a, a wall that separates the two, although you can cross back and forth by foot. There's also the the, uh, the uh, port of uh, town of uh, Kyrenia, which is down on the. Uh, see if you can find that here on the map here. More on the east on the eastern side of. Uh, of uh, the northern Cyprus, there. The main city of, of Kyrene is an old, old. It's called Gurney, Gurney Kalesi. Way over to the to the east there. It's uh, in in Greek. It's called Ky- Kyrenia, and it's an ancient port with a beautiful uh, anchorage around it and uh, uh, an old fortress. It's, it's very rem- the Crusaders were here also, so it's rem- very reminiscent of the uh, ruins around uh, Rhodes there. So there's a it's an easy entrance into uh, into the the, the the Turkish port there called Gurney Tourism Lim, Limani, which is the uh, Kyrenian uh, tourism uh, port. There's a lot of uh, commercial traffic for you know day boats, uh, the goulettes that go in and out of there. There's uh, there's a number of uh, areas for uh, for regular uh, sailboats to to go in uh, in and out of there. And the town itself. Has, it's famous because it has casinos. It has a ga- uh, gambling is legal there, so you can uh, if that strikes your fancy. There's plenty of places to uh, to drop a, you know <laughs> drop your your load there at any of the casinos. And the town itself is quite charming right around it. I I was really uh, quite uh, impressed by it. I'm sorry I'd never been there before. I plan to go back uh, somehow if, if we can. Maybe on a on a hop back from tur- next time we go over to Turkey to go over there and spend some time in the in the marina. So that that's really of that's that's of interest also. Yeah, I see you on Google Earth. There's two red lines. I guess that's a disputed border up there, isn't it? So 
Exactly. Yeah, it's a disputed border, right? So you can't. Uh, there's the only way you can cross. If, if you're driving around in uh, in North Cyprus, the only way you can get back across is uh, is to go all the way around to uh, Famagusta, where there's a uh, a border crossing, and I think also around the other side to the to the eastern side. You have to actually go through a whole border crossing and everything with you know guards and everything. Hmm. And as I said, I said, if you if you you know happen to sail into uh, Kyrenia or Karpaz coming from either uh, Greece or Turkey, then um, they they'll welcome you. They they're pl- they're pleased to have as much tourism as they want. But if you want pl- want to go around to the southern part of to the Greek part of Cyprus, uh, forget about it. You can do it uh, if you uh, you know by car. There's no problem on that. You should, you know on a foreign passport and everything. But you, you can't bring your boat in there. Okay, okay. So you got to choose one or the other for sailing to then. Is pretty exactly, much exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now they they built they built this Carpaz Marina with a lot of good intentions. You know, trying to attract. At one point, there was uh, they were hoping to get a, you know build a whole tourism area around there. About ten years ago, there was a big boom in uh, in building on the north part of Cyprus there and. Uh, a lot of uh, vacation homes were built and bought by Scandinavians and and British, and then because there was a lot of they were having talks between uh, reuniting North and South Cyprus. Well, those, that fell apart, and so uh, for best laid plans, uh, because of that, the uh, tourism development around that Carpaz Marina sort of ground to a halt. So uh, yeah, I finally found the marina, and it's a big marina, and it's just out in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and they it, it's built to the standards of having super yachts even come in there. There are a couple of super yachts that were uh, anchored there when we were there. There were gulets and everything, but uh, it didn't uh, pan out to be a. Uh, I mean, I, I you know I I said to a couple of my partners we should just come over here because it's just a delightful marina to hang out in. It, looked, it was so quiet there and uh, you know well kept well kept up, but uh, you know other than that, there's really nothing else to do in in the area. Hmm. What about um, if you wanted it? Is there ferries that go back and forth from Israel over to Cyprus? No, there aren't. Uh, there actually is. There's ferries from Kyrenia that go over to uh, to Turkey. That go over to uh, uh, Finike, if I'm not not Finike, to Kosh, Kosh. if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. over to Kosh over there, and, and uh, also I think also to Antalya, you can take a, you can get ferries from from Turkey over over to there. So uh no there aren't any ferry there's uh the you know the air uh airline uh connections are very good Ryanair flies into into Cyprus the main airport in Cyprus is uh is in in Larnaca so uh, there's very very good, good good connections to uh a lot of places in Europe so you know if you wanted to change crew or something for some reason that's very very convenient it's right there in Larnaca so that you know you'd want to base base yourself out of Larnaca for that well, that's darn good information on Cyprus. It's just one of those areas that I looked at and I've watched a few videos. Uh, who was it? Uh, some people put out some videos. Now, I know that the Aegean Yacht Rally sometimes will go down there. Or some, some organized groups will go down there and visit Cyprus and then head over to uh, Israel and, and work their way up. I think those are the videos I watched. Yeah, there's also an Eastern Mediterranean Yacht Rally that uh, that, that does it too. Uh, they 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 stop in Cyprus and they 
uh, for a while they were there, then they'd come over to Israel and then they'd back, they'd go back up over to, over to Turkey. So, uh, yeah, that, that does it. There's a few rallies that, that do that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we wish we had more, uh, more of that kind of traffic coming up all the way, you know, schlepping all the way over to the Eastern Mediterranean. But, you know, even even you yourself, friends, who are, you know, quite a uh, intrepid Eastern Mediterranean or Mediterranean sailor, you, you know, you haven't even been you haven't been over to Cyprus. So, you know, it op- you know, opens up uh, some possibilities for you to uh, head on down further this way. And, uh, you know, if, if you know, I want to dispel any of your, uh, you know, uh, concerns you had about, uh, you know, difficulties of getting getting in and out of Israel. It's very it'll be very very easy to to get in and out of there. And you know, the, as I said, the infrastructures and the services are of you know of international quality. And also in Cyprus too. Cyprus, as long as you're on the way, you know, it's a it's a really interesting uh, island to to stop and and tour onto. Great. So, what are your plans next summer, Howard? We're already talking about going back. Uh, we, we want to try to go up to uh, to Turkey next summer. Uh, I've sailed a couple of times in the, the Gocek area, which I think you've also uh, mm-hmm. you've been up yeah. that area. Yeah. Gocek and Fethiye, that whole area there. I really like that. We're planning on going and spending uh, maybe a week on up there. There's a couple of re- really nice places in that area to. Uh, I'm pretty, as you know, as you've been there, you you could pretty much spend a month there and every day hit a new little anchorage here. So. You know, long, uh, long for, you know, those, those kind of uh, cruising trips. And then maybe we'll try to head on over to Marmers, depending on, you know, how time is. Uh, but that, that's what we're planning, hopefully, doing next next summer. All right. How about, how about you? What's your plan for this Well, summer? I think I'm probably going to try to work my way up the Croatian coast and go visit Venice. I've never, oh, okay. I've never sailed into Venice. And, uh, and I thought, well, before I move my boat out of the Mediterranean, I should, I should do that. So it'll be a... A long trip up the uh, Croatian coast. I might hop back and forth between Italy and Croatia as I go up, but uh, that's sort of what I've got uh, on my schedule right now. But I've got to f- <laughs> I've got to finish my summer home before I do anything. <laughs> okay, pr- pr- priorities definitely priorities. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to hearing uh, your you know of your adventures on the uh, on the upcoming podcast. Really enjoy it and. Uh, so you do a fantastic job there, and it's very. You know, I sit there like you know probably most of the listeners uh, dreaming of the uh, the locations you've been at, and uh, you know, no, you know, checking them off on uh, on on my list also of ones that I've also visited. And you know, on the when, when the the email I'd sent you about traveling through the Corinth Canal, that was one of those bucket list kind of things. You know, not that the not that it's uh, so long and it's such an exotic. Uh, sail but it was really fun going through the corinth canal and i got a kick out of that yeah a lot of history in that area a lot of yeah, history. yeah incredible incredible yeah. amount there yep well howard let's keep okay. in touch i really appreciate you taking your time and and sharing your insights of israel and and uh and cyprus with us and uh let's keep in touch maybe our paths will cross at some point in time i i hope so i hope so my pleasure thanks very much france look forward to hopefully seeing you out of out at sea in one of the uh places out in Greece or Turkey. Take care. You too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, that was my second interview with Howard Clayman. He gave us great information on sailing in, in Israel and Cyprus. It's always good to get firsthand information, and that's what sailors do when, when you get on somebody's boat and you start talking, you start comparing notes of places you've been, and uh, just learning, just one-on-one learning from each other. It's great gives you so much more insight than you will get out of a, out of a pilot.
So if you want to support this podcast, you can do it a couple ways. You can buy my products at medsailor.com. You can become a Patreon at Patreon backslash patreon.com backslash medsailor. And the last thing you can do if you really want to do me a favor is to go into the iTunes directory and write a review, a positive review of the podcast. I haven't had one of those for a few months now. So thank you so much for listening. Get out there and go sailing. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.